The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Joining me as always this week at my nine-foot homemade oak bar here in Evergreen Park is Hannah, who's lately been going by Hannah Beth. I think it's cool. Sounds even more Southern somehow. You're listening to the EP Podcast, 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb, all Evergreen Park and the surrounding area, and brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. First National Bank of Evergreen Park, folks, is dedicated to supporting our area with great banking tools and friendly service. They're a true community bank that provides our neighborhood with customized financial solutions like total access checking and account with free ATMs nationwide. Plus, when you open a total access checking account today, EP Podcast listeners are getting a $300 bonus. Now, the link is inside of your show notes. A lot of the podcast services have it right there where you can click on it and go right through. Just in case it isn't working for the podcast service you're using right now, visit bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod to learn more. $100 required to open requirements to qualify. You must use that link to apply to get the $300 member FDIC. We are live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Something that we do, it's through the Podbean app. You can get it for free in any app store for any device. More details at the eppodcast.com. And this past Thursday, we sat down and talked with an old friend of ours, Dr. David Beckman from Family First Medical Group. Now, Dr. Beckman was first on before COVID-19 ever happened, but we've leaned on him a little bit to talk about the science and what is actually going on and speak to a doctor. Because unfortunately in this world, You don't get that very often when people are talking about COVID-19. And with kids going back to school, in fact, we're going to be having the folks on from D124 coming up next week, possibly even on the live show this Thursday. People are concerned about what COVID means for them, their families, and this whole plan of going back and whether or not we should be playing sports. On Friday, we did our weekend update. We do it every Friday now. It comes out. It's a quickie. Catches you up on everything going on. Dr. Beckman's first part of his interview with us was aired on that show. If you missed it, go back, listen to it. It's great. He talks about youth sports and schools opening. What's safe? What isn't? What you should be concerned about? What you should be like, wait a minute, I'm getting a little too excited about nothing. Later on in this show, the second part of that interview, that got a huge response. A lot of people saying, I got more out of that interview than anything on CNN, Fox News, Facebook, Twitter, and every other place that people are getting their news these days. We also have the return of Eating Evergreen Park. That's coming up here in just moments. But now, your word on the street. This week's EP Word on the Street brought to you by Nancy's Home Care, a veteran-owned certified dementia care trainer and home care agency contact them today if you need help 773-966-3003 or visit them at nancyshomecare.com the evergreen park rec department has announced that kids soccer registration has been extended 
to this Saturday, August 8th, which is a good thing because if you had a kid in the MHR League got canceled this weekend, I'm pretty sure the rec department's going to get a lot of calls. Get in while you can. Tai Chi class registration is now open. Classes beginning on Friday, August 15th. Get more details, 708-229-3373. And folks, trust me, during this entire COVID-19 thing, I've fallen behind on everything. Just a reminder, your vehicle stickers are due to be purchased and on your cars by September the 15th. You're going to be getting a renewal form in the mail in the next day or two. The Village also has a way for you to get it online with a credit card. Any questions, 708-422-1551. It's the EP Podcast found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. When you go out to eat, are you looking for just food or incredible food with an amazing experience? That's what Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar, brings to all of Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. Looking for an incredible outdoor dining experience? Unidad created a unique, beautiful, outdoor enclosed patio area last summer. Not to mention, they will now have limited seating available inside of their eclectic restaurant. With a dinner menu you will brag to your friends about, Unidad now also offers Sunday brunch every Sunday. Plus now they're open for lunch Tuesday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. with a classic lunch menu. With reservations required, call and get one now, 708-529-0911, or use that number for their incredible curbside service and have a great meal at home. Don't go for the ordinary, go extraordinary. Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bar, located at 3339 West 95th Street. Learn more at unidadrestaurant.com. Dr. Beckman, due to be on here, the second half of that amazing interview, very insightful. People have been talking about it coming up here in the back half of the show. Before we get to it, we're bringing back a segment we have not done in a long time. Hannah and I went out to a brand new Evergreen Park restaurant, a sub shop. That was much more than your average sub shop and owned by Evergreen Park residents. Eating Evergreen Park returns right now as we head out to Cousin Subs on Western Avenue. Let's eat. Anna and I have sat down at Cousin Subs here on Western Avenue, just across from the Rainbow Ice Cream. Uh, You know, I don't know if you noticed, Theo Thompson's joining me and Cousins is new to the area. But you're like across the street from like this iconic building that people have been going to forever. Like you almost need to like just tell people like we're across from Rainbow Cone. Like the whole South Side knows where it is. Like go get a cousin sub and you know have a shake here. But if you need a Rainbow Cone, like that's where people know where it is. 9204 Southwestern Avenue, but you're like right by one of the more iconic places in all of Chicago land. You're right across from it. It's the easiest way to describe it. And now these are like East Coast subs, but they're out of Wisconsin. Am I getting this right? Like they're almost like an East Coast feel, but this is a Wisconsin company that has now come into Chicago on the South Side and Evergreen Park. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Cousin Subs started in um, uh, the north side of uh, Milwaukee in a town called Menominee Falls. Um, it was started, founded by uh, t- two cousins, uh, <laughs> Jim and uh, Bill. And uh, they were originally from uh, uh, the East Coast, New Jersey, Atlantic, Atlantic City area. And uh, they moved out here for work. And um, Ultimately, they missed uh, their East Coast sandwiches, so they together they decided to uh, open up their own sandwich shop out here. And so we've been around since 1972, and um, over the course of time, uh, 
Uh, Bill still sits on the board of directors. Uh, Jim has passed away, and uh, the, uh, their daughter, Christine, uh, Bill's daughter, Christine, has now taken over the company as a CEO and has uh, worked on a huge rebranding of the company and uh, really moved the company progressively forward to uh, for a successful uh, business for the future and stuff. So um, uh, one of the big pushes for the company right now is that we've been expanding into the uh, Chicago and uh, Northwest Indiana market space. Uh, we currently have uh, three locations in the greater Chicagoland area here on uh, 9204 uh, Southwestern and Evergreen Park. Uh, we have one in uh, 948 Dundee Road uh, out in Palatine. And then we also have one at 2042 um, Naperville Road out of uh, in Wheaton. So, um, so just moving in here, and you're not the first person that we've talked to when we do the Eating Evergreen Park 7 that said we were starting our expansion and one of the best places we thought to open something up was an Evergreen Park. What made Evergreen Park like the spot to be? Because you're not the first person we sat down to. And like, yeah, we're just starting and moving into, and it's like almost like Evergreen is a perfect place to kind of launch something. Well, Evergreen Park, um, from the site survey and site development, um, the the OM group decided that Evergreen was going to be a very a good location on the south side of Chicago, um, very, very historical area. Um, I believe this uh, location had previously had already kind of been set up for a sandwich shop because uh, previously I think a firehouse subs had already been in here. Um, so, and then the partners that were opening this uh, branch are from Evergreen Park. They live here in Evergreen Park. Um, they are part of this community, and um, and they just felt like they love the food. Right. And they're like, you know what? Let's bring this to this area. Of Chicago. So what we got is we got local owners absolutely that are that are opening up a cousin subs. Yeah. And and that's also awesome because we love supporting the local owners and the people that are from EP in the surrounding area. I, I take a bite out of the sandwich and you've got a couple of them here, so I'd love for you to talk to talk about them a little bit. But before you even get into the sandwiches, the bread. I, I got to talk about the bread because I and I want yeah, Hannah make sure yeah, you, yeah. you you chow down on something. I smelled the bread as soon as I walked in. I had a conversation with my lovely wife Erica the other day <laughs> after I was in here and I brought her back one of your sandwiches and I said, "Oh, yeah, you we, brought our club back oh, last yeah, week." Yeah, no, I think I brought her the Italian caprese. Oh yes, the caprese. Yeah. yeah, you I brought her the Italian caprese, She's and been talking about she it. she hasn't stopped talking about the thing. I have to get her one on the way out the door here. But the thing that she said was, "I've spent all this time." And I've always had in the back of my mind one subplace that I just, their bread was my thing. And you could never tell me that the bread was the best. She goes, this this bread is the best. She loved your bread. Tell me about the bread and how you guys do this. Well, Chris, uh, you know, um, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in uh, southeastern Wisconsin, and um, my dad started bringing home cousin subs probably when I was about five, six years old. And uh, all I ever heard was, their bread is the best. And... Uh, and it's, it's true. Uh, the bread is our staple point. We bake all our bread in-house every single day. Um, it's got that, that's that traditional Italian-style bread that's got that nice crust on the outside, but when you bite inside, it's, it's a nice and soft. It's not and, too hard to bite into. Sometimes and, you go to a sandwich shop and the bread is just real tough to yes. get through. Like, this, this stuff is, is fresh. But it's, it's sturdy, yeah. yeah. Every day we bake it in-house every single day. Um, and we try to we use uh, the freshest ingredients uh, um, every single day um, and uh, recently uh, we just uh, launched some new product lines for the Chicago market so um, you know uh, Illinois and Chicago people like things like things a little bit spicier than uh, uh, back home in Wisconsin so uh, we added um, Jardinera uh, which is a staple point of Chicago cuisine 
Um, and we also have a, a chipotle mayo, and uh, we also are uh, serving uh, sriracha on the side now too. So if uh, people want to have that kick, kick things up a little bit, um, add some spice to their sandwiches, they're able to do that now. Yeah, this Italian special, this is good. Just like the herbs, this is a good sandwich. I'm not one. But the, the thing is, is that, and you said the jardinera, and I open it up here. You can't fake jardinera in yeah. Chicago. So you guys had to sit down and be like, okay, we got to get some good stuff. And you did a good job with this. I mean, we, I, we it, that must have been a process when you sat there. So, okay, we're going to add this because we know people like this on their sandwiches down here. But it's got to be good, right? Absolutely, uh, Chris. Uh, you know, uh, we ended up doing uh, multiple product tests of different uh, Chicago brand, famous Chicago brand uh, mm -hmm. jardineras. And uh, we, decided, uh, we decided on one. We're not going to disclose the name no, no, of the company but um uh, we did choose one that we felt was the best the best flavor profile for our sandwiches and stuff so so what are the big ones here because we we sat down with you and you right away you knew which two sandwiches are like let's sit down and let's let's eat those so right now han and i are chowing down on the same sandwich so we both went for the first one what are we having right here what's on it so um for our classic sandwich is going to be the uh, Italian special. Uh, it is uh, one of the original sandwiches that was on the menu, and um, it it's my personal favorite. It's the one that I've been eating since so I was good. five, six years old. And then the uh, other sandwich you have is the uh, cheesesteak, which is um, uh, one of our grill-to-order sandwiches. So we have we operate our stores with flat-top grills, and uh, we have steak that we grill on on the grill um, to order, and. Um, and it is uh, one, probably one of our most popular uh, hot sandwiches. So, so we, we're not like a, a Jimmy John's or Subway. We offer hot sandwiches that are grilled to order. Um, mm. And then we also have our deli fresh sandwiches also. Oh, this is good. <laughs> so, I thought that was good. This is good too. What's great here is we try to Philly is just what you just pointed out. I can go into another sub shop and they're going to take the meat and they're going to throw it in a microwave or something like that and warm it for me if I decide I want it warm. Your guys are on the grill over there making a Philly cheesesteak. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a much different type of sandwich than than your average sandwich shop when you walk into there. Is that one of the secrets as to why Cousins has done so well? We are all about product quality at Cousins Subs, and we only use the best ingredients uh, for our sandwiches. And uh, we want to ensure that we take that to our, to our guests. We want to have the freshest, uh, best sandwiches out there um, for, for everybody that comes into our stores and, and dines with us. So help out a person that doesn't know very much about uh, cheesesteaks. What's the difference between the regular cheesesteak and the Philly? Is so, the Philly like supposed to be exactly what it would be like if I walked into Philly, or is it your take on it? So our Philly is kind of more traditional of the Philly style. It's, it's got the sautéed onions, sautéed peppers, and then the American cheese on there. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the cheesesteak is a kind of a, a cut off of that. It's a... Um, one of more of the original sandwiches, and it's uh, it has provolone, provolone cheese, tomatoes, um, onion, on there. So um, it's a, a little bit different depending on what what you're looking for. The cheese type toppings are a little bit different, but everything always comes standard on our our Italian bread. It's glorious, and it's nice to see like a a, a fresh new place come in and cook food right here in front mm -hmm. of you instead of giving me something where you're you're heating up in a microwave. I love it. You, you, you've won over somebody, honest to goodness, that is going to sit here and go, well, next time my wife says, let's get sandwiches before the ball game for the kids or something like that, we got to run and grab a sandwich. I'm, I'm, I'm running over here to Cousins. I appreciate this. Now, 
Do you guys um, do anything like seasonally? You were talking about the Reuben when it gets closer to fall. Do you guys like rotate anything? Yeah, so we uh, every quarter we try to run a limited uh, time option. So uh, right now we're currently offering the Italian Caprese and the Turkey Caprese. Uh, That's the one that Chris's wife is is a fan of. Um, And then in the fall we'll be uh, running uh, uh, August here. We're getting ready to uh, roll out our Munster. Um, so it's got a mustard cheese on it. Um, so, and then in the in the winter time, we'll probably get ready to launch the. Uh, I think it's uh, the gyro will be coming out, and so that's another okay. thing that it fits in very well with the Chicago market space because uh, we actually use Kronos gyro meat, uh, which is a staple very point good. of Chicago Chicago gyros. So, um, so uh, make sure everybody comes out this uh, this winter time and try out the gyros. Ben, you got me coming. I'm going to be here every week now. This is ridiculous. Make sure you check them out. Cousin Subs, 9204 Southwestern Avenue. These are local folks opened up the Cousin Subs, and it's a great addition to Evergreen Park. Like I said, it's right across from Rainbow Cone. And uh, Theo Thompson, I appreciate you sitting down having sandwiches with us. And uh, these, I, I think Hannah's just added cousins into her rotation she's sitting here she's already looking at your menu and i'll get I think she's getting, to go she's getting subs to go to take home okay does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes why worry about those things when tom walsh is nearby He's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicagoland have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh, He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie, member SIPC. Dr. David Beckmans from Family First Medical Group, he also gave an incredible interview during our live show last Thursday. Remember, there's another one coming up this Thursday on the Podbean app. We're hoping to be talking with the folks from D124 about schools reopening. If you miss the live show, don't worry, it'll be on next Monday's on-demand podcast. But back to Dr. Beckman, the first half of this interview is already available online. It's the weekend update that came out just a few days ago. Check your podcast player. Go back to the show that came out before this one. Here are the first half. Let me tell you something right now. This is a nonpartisan scientific discussion about what's going on with COVID, how it affects you, your family, going back to school. What are the treatments? What about vaccines? People asked questions during the live show. This is the second half of that interview. You want the first half? Go back and listen to it at your leisure. But here it is again, Hannah and myself talking with Dr. David Beckman on the EP Podcast, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. Do you think that it's realistic for people to be sitting around waiting for a vaccine? Or do you think this is something that we're going to have to say at some point? It is what it is, and we have to move forward and live with it. Like you looking at the vaccine data, you knowing how vaccines work, you under, 
you dealing with, you, you inject people with vaccines. I mean, I know that's what you have to do. You have to sit there and explain to a parent that listened to Jenny McCarthy and got freaked <laughs> out by something they saw on the internet. You have to explain to them that the measles, mumps, and rubella doesn't give them uh, 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 autism. Yes. And you have to have that conversation yes. probably too many times. Okay? Jenny McCarthy, not a doctor. Okay? <laughs> right. But, I mean, you, you, you've had to do all these different things. <laughs> okay? So what do you think about the whole vaccine thing and how do you think it's really going to shape up, shake out? So the, the first thing is when, when we locked down and when we took these really drastic measures, the, the, it, it was for a number of reasons. Number one, we didn't know the virus. We didn't know how to treat it. What we ended up doing in, in the early time, uh, ventilating patients early ended up being actually a mistake. Um, we, uh, we didn't know whether hospitals were going to be overwhelmed. We didn't know whether we'd have enough beds. We didn't know whether we'd have enough ventilators. So it made sense, I think, at that point to say, hold on, let's see what we're dealing with. This is a new illness. Let's see what's going on. Now that we have more information, um, it, uh, the, the reason the lockdowns happened was to flatten the curve. And I think that's really important to emphasize because flatten the curve was the whole reason we were taking drastic, dramatic steps. We were worried that we would have an Italy type situation in the United States where they would get so overwhelmed that doctors would have to decide who would get a ventilator and who would not. And that was terrifying and rightly so. We don't want to be in a, in a country where you have someone deciding we can't save you, we're going to save someone else. So, so that was scary. Now that we realized there was not the overwhelming of the hospital systems, New York City became the closest uh, example to getting there, but they, they bent, but they didn't break. Um, you know, they got to that, they got to the, the, the edge, but they didn't break. Now that we know more about this virus, the flatten the curve thing, we still want to keep that in the back of our minds, but that's no longer the case. Now the debate has shifted to, well, we can't have any more cases. Now that was never the goal. It was never the goal that we were just not going to have people that get infected. We knew a huge number of people would wind up getting infected. We, we wanted to make sure that we would protect the most vulnerable, those in nursing homes, those in long-term care facilities, those patients that, are, that have a lot of uh, comorbidities. Those are the people that really needed to and still need to take extra precautions and continue to wait. So those are the people that I think would be the most likely candidates for a vaccine because those are the people who right now cannot really live a, any semblance of a normal life without taking a significant risk to their health. So, you know, I'm hopeful that a vaccine becomes available and would be um, preferentially given to those that are high risk. Now, one thing that's really important to emphasize is that there are less than half of Americans every year that get a flu shot. You know, in a good, in a 
a good year, maybe 45% of uh, Americans will get a flu shot. So we're already starting out with not a great rate of influenza vaccine. So I think it's very unrealistic to assume that a vaccine developed in less than a year is something that a huge majority of the population is going to do. No matter what data we have and what uh, effectiveness we have and what safety data we have, it's going to be remarkably difficult to convince uh, parents and patients to get that vaccine. I look at these vaccines and you I, I want you to laugh at me, but I think you're going to be like, yeah, this is exactly what I mean. I look at these vaccines. I see that doctor out in Oxford and I think to myself, well, here's somebody that was working on SARS, was working on mirrors, had a delivery system. It makes sense that she's as far along as she is because she had a head start. Then I see what the Germans are doing with the Pfizer Corporation. I go, okay, well, maybe. But then I see the Fauci thing and I'm like, how did he catch up so quick? Is it because he wants the patent? Like if, if, if a doctor, if I ask the doctor, I'm like, is this the, uh, is this the Fauci drug or is this the one that uh, the Oxford woman's doing at that doctor where it's supposed to be like, she doesn't want to make a profit off of it and made AstraZeneca say it wouldn't, it would be a non-for-profit distribution. Here's a person that I'm like, I read about and I'm like, she actually had a thing she was working on for years. I would be confident putting that in my veins, but I'm not sure if I'm confident in the guy that's rushing it over here. Am I the first person that's floated that towards you? Well, you're not, you're not the first person that's floated that, but I, I think there are actually some bigger, some bigger issues. There, there was a, there was a study, a survey of um, people and whether they would do, whether they would um, get a coronavirus vaccine. And I, I think that something like less than 30% of people said that they would. So that, that I think is a bigger problem um, than the nuances between uh, where the vaccines are gonna be developed. I think there are probably uh, four legitimate candidates right now for a vaccine. There's a vaccine right now that just entered phase three trials. So, but, but the problem, the problem is one of the big problems is um, the development of the vaccine is super quick and we're not going to have, I mean, it's just a fact because this is a new illness, we're not going to have long-term safety data. And so when you, when you look at surveys about people's feelings about a vaccine, the general feeling is, well, I'm going to wait and have other people get it and see how they do, and then maybe I would do it. So if there are enough people that are saying, I'm going to wait and see someone else do it, then there are probably just not going to be a lot of people that are going to do it. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I, I have a question in the chat room. I've got to ask you, and I'm going to frame it a little bit differently. But there was a thing that came out this week. There's a lot of people talking about a bunch of doctors standing around talking about the fact that they feel like there are treatments for this disease and they're being silenced. They're not allowed to do it. I looked at it myself and I thought to myself, like, it's almost like they're play doctors. They all wore the same outfit. You can't tell where they're at. You don't know where it was filmed at. I don't know if this is a setup or not just to get you excited about something. Like, I don't know. Like, the skeptical part of me was like, this looks like a BS video. Like, I'm a media person. I was like, I don't know if I even believe in this thing. 
but they keep bringing up this hydrochloroquine and people will sit there and say you can do that in a z-pack and and it'll, it's a cure and somehow this has become political i'm sure you saw that video i'm sure you looked at it give me your thoughts on on, on your impressions of that video and this idea that there might be a treatment that is being suppressed do you believe that or no number one the, the video itself so the claim the claim in, uh, of that doctor was that the combination of hydroxychloroquine uh, azithromycin and vitamin or, and sorry zinc um, those three are a cure for covid um, that's not true um, that was a uh, uh, certainly a, uh, a a little bit of a political uh, salesmanship there. She 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 said that she treated 350 patients with uh, this combination and no one died. Um, now that that is called an anecdote. That is not sound data. She had no control group, meaning. She didn't say, I treated 300 patients with this combination and these other three patients, 300 patients I did not. And in those 300 patients, I had 10 deaths. And in this group, I had zero deaths. That, that's not what she claimed. She claimed she treated 300 patients with that combination and no one died. We have no data about what the, who those patients were. Were they all young, healthy people? Um, were they kids? Were they adults? What was their background? And I'll just tell you that we in our clinic have screened um, thousands of patients already. We've had probably close to three to 400 positive patients. We don't treat any of them with anything but supportive care, some cough medication, maybe an inhaler, things like that. And of those patients, we had one that died who was someone that was uh, had a lot of comorbidities. So we didn't use that combination of drugs and only one person died. So, um, you know, that that, again, is an anecdote. It's not um, it is not a uh, sound scientific evidence. The problem that I see, though, is that that. That treatment isn't being suppressed because it's actually being used in a number of clinical trials and it's still being studied right now. So there have been mixed results in with, with hydroxychloroquine um, in treatment early. So we know that from data right now, treating patients that are severe, that are hospitalized with hydroxychloroquine seems to not work and may actually be harmful. But... What we still don't know is if we treat patients early, so in the first one to two days of being ill or after they've been exposed to someone who is positive, does it work? There's been some, there's been some uh, data that shows that it does work, and then there's been some data that shows it doesn't work. So right now it's inconclusive about whether there is a role for that medicine, um, but you know, it, it has become political and primarily because anyone that, that brings up the issue of hydroxychloroquine on social media gets censored. And that's not good. And that's not good for us as a scientific community 
because then you give credence to the uh, conspiracy theory that a, a treatment is being suppressed because if you're scrubbing opinions of other doctors about what they think works, then that is being political and it uh, and it's not helping it's not helping us at all. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial Representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Dr. Beckman, I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to ask you one more final question. Hannah and my wife, Erica, want to order sushi immediately after this show. <laughs> that is raw fish. It has never been cooked. And now I cooked sushi. And now there's a possibility the guy that prepared it could have had COVID. Is it safe? Can I get some sushi tonight? I haven't had it since March. Eat sushi. I ate sushi a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago, so definitely don't don't worry about it. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you, Doc. L- Doc, I appreciate. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm ready to start a Dr. Beckman podcast because he's, he's so he's, he's really because I can throw anything <laughs> at him and he'll sit there and he'll talk to me about it. And I, I swear, uh, Doc, I'm going to call you on Monday. We got to set it up. I'm going to definitely have to. We got to talk about the possibility of making you a star, my friend. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to you at any point. Thanks, Chris. Well, Doc, thank you very much. I know you're working hard every day. I know you're wearing the mask. I know you're dealing with the crazies. I know you're trying to sort all this stuff out. You're You're doing great work out there. You're one of my heroes, and I appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. You guys have a good night and enjoy your sushi. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Launcher. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.